Thank you for coming back for part two of the F the Nice Guy Holiday special. And I am going to be telling you a story from my own personal life with one of the worst nice guys I have ever dealt with. And you may be wondering, how can your personal story of the nice guy be holiday themed? (laughs) Well, the last thing this man said to me as my boyfriend was Merry f***ing Christmas. He's a nice guy, what a nice guy, till he's screaming in your face. And he's a nice guy, what a nice guy, but he'll put you in your place. And he's a nice guy, what a nice guy, until he gets caught. And he's a nice guy, such a nice guy, until you know he's not F the nice guy. And happy holidays, but mainly after the nice guy. Hello, my friends. I am so excited to share my lovely Christmas tale with you about the nice guy. I realized it would not be fair to be asking you guys to submit your stories if I haven't even told you some of mine. And this is one of many, but this is a doozy. And yes, he did legitimately, as a grown man, scream Merry f***ing Christmas at me, which is so lovely for grown men to do. And I'm bringing up the grown man part because at that time he was 28 and I think I was 21, which is a pretty big difference at a formative time in your life. But you're like, hey, that's no big deal, right? Well, I'd like to bring you back all the way to the beginning of this story. And it doesn't start when I was 21 and he was 28-ish. It starts when I was 16 to 17 and he was 23 to 24, which definitely colors the story a little bit different. I will remind you, this story is trauma light, okay? So this is stuff that'll make you feel nauseous, make you roll your eyes, that kind of stuff. You will not be triggered, hopefully, by anything I'm telling you. I want us to laugh together at the ridiculousness, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, so that was the age gap, my friends. And uh, the way that we met is most alarming. So join me on this trip down memory lane. Okay, I am... 16 to 17, somewhere around there. I was probably my late, in my late 16s. So I am dating this lovely guy. His name is I would say his name because he's actually a nice guy. I won't say his name, but he was awesome. And he was like my first love before I realized I was gay. Anywho, so this kid is awesome. He was great. We dated for two years. Long story short, he ended up being invited to a baptism of a baby none of the names of which I'm going to mention. But we went to a baptism and then there was like this beautiful like lunch thing after. So we go to this lunch thing and we're sitting at a table. There was a guy at this table who appeared to be much older than me and at the time, very cute guy. I thought he was really cute. He was in what I assumed was his mid twenties. And so I really felt like this was like a safe guy to joke around with, you know? And at that age, like what? We love the older guys, right? Um, Even though we don't date them, or maybe some of us did, I didn't. I was very like good girl. And I was absolutely in love with my boyfriend, but I did love attention. 
Let's be honest. I loved it. I loved attention. I loved validation. What young girl isn't taught to love validation, right? So um, when I got attention or validation, it was something I really loved. I feel like <laughs> if, there, if there were dating apps at that time, um, my little bio would have just said, Vala, date me, because that's what I wanted, was to be validated. Oh, it's funny, but it's not. Anywho, I think I'm safe in this scenario. He and I have a great banter. We're joking around. We have such good chemistry to the point that my boyfriend gets a little mad about it. But I'm like, this guy is in his mid-20s. This dude had graduated college, people. He was like a, a man. He was a full-grown man. And I may or may not have had my license. Like... <laughs> I had the luxury of being naive to that kind of thing at the time where I really thought like, you know, a guy at that age would, wouldn't be hitting on me, right? That would be gross. That'd be super nasty, especially with my boyfriend here and all these other people here. And the fact that I'm pretty sure he was interested in a family member that was his age there, not his family member, <laughs> not his family member, but of that, uh, my boyfriend's friend's family. I think there was some something going on there. I felt safe. I was wrong. Also, can we just take a moment of silence for all of us who in our younger years, and I'm talking teens, very early 20s, who believed the older men who said, I like you because you're mature. You're so mature for your age. We were absolutely not. We could have been the most mature on the planet and we would still be teenagers. Yeah, yep, mm-hmm. Because I think if you were going for maturity, you might go for someone your own age. You might. Looking back, do we all not realize that those men were absolutely immature? I mean, the, the quintessential piece for me was when I became the age of the guy multiple guys who were older who tried to date me like when I hit 28 and look back at a 20 year old you could not pay me to be in relationship with with that age different at that time let alone younger when when someone just doesn't know who they are yet and they're trying to figure themselves out and you should be fully formed my like th these dudes uh, uh, yeah. Gross. I had this misconception. I don't know if any other girl experienced this. Where you truly believe people have that morality. Like you think if I'm 16 and this person is so much older than me, then I, I'm safe in some way. Like even if we're joking around that I'm okay. Like I really believe that. Like to me that was such a clear moral boundary that it, it couldn't have possibly been bad. It was totally innocent. Right, right. So I'm thinking I have this older friend. And again, I have a boyfriend. Then we start getting in Facebook messenger conversations, okay? Now, I actually didn't remember how bad these were until I went back and looked at them for this podcast, okay? So we're this is therapy for me also. We're, we're gonna go down this wormhole together. So I went back and luckily I have this person blocked for obvious reasons as they will become obvious to you. And when I say like these guys definitely make you think you're more mature, right? I'm looking through these messages and it is 
very clear I was not mature for my age. I could have told you that already, but there was not a single capital letter on my end in any of those messages. Everything's all lowercase. I'm spelling you with like the letter U. Like this is a young person's messaging. But if you're wondering, there is a point at which these messages went bad. So up until this point, I think this is a nice, cool guy. We've been joking around. Uh, he's called me hot a couple times as they like to do, test the waters. And then at 2 a.m., there's some spelling errors here and the caps are crazy. But this is the message and I'll read it verbatim. You are so hot. If you weren't like 16, I would be so on you right now. And you can tell how uncomfortable I am. And I say, um, explanation please? Judging by the typing, I'm gonna guess you were drunk when you wrote that. Now, I think hopefully, hopefully he was drunk, okay? So here's, here's the case. He's 24, 23, 24. He has messaged a girl in high school that he wants to be on her. And again, this is where the nice guy is coming in slightly because he's not saying he wants, he's not saying I will be on you. I plan on it. He's saying, oh, if you weren't that age, I would be on you, which not much of a difference. Uh, doesn't make it much better at all. But it's the nice guy in quotation part. Like, I, you know, I would be on you, but I can't because I'm a nice guy. Now, now he has said this. I have confronted him. He has had time to think about this, right? Think about what he said to me. What does he do? Does he take accountability? Apologize? This is what he says. LMAO. Um, yeah, a little bit. So how about those cardinals or any other subject in the world? Then there's a brief stop there. And here's where he decides, nope, I'm going to double down on this. And he says, eh, what the hell? That's probably true. But I was really plastered. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he was drunk when he said the first one, if we're to believe that. Seemingly he was. His uh, creepiness was shown in the light of day. He chose to double down and say, eh, it's true. Now, I don't know about you, but that does seem like a little bit of water testing to me, right? Trying to see maybe what I would say. And um, my happy, funny, jokey tone goes out the window. I remind him I have a boyfriend. And then our messages change for a while. Now, here's the creepy part. We kept in touch until I was 20, okay? So that whole time, this adult man is checking back in with me every so often, all of those years. My, and I was also messaging him, to, to be fair. But uh, yeah, this went on for years. I guess at some point, I got over the absolute creepiness, probably didn't understand at the time how creepy it was. So what happens? Now, I was a serial dater at the time. I almost always had a boyfriend growing up. Wasn't, <laughs> wasn't always thrilled. <laughs> wasn't always happy, but I date, you know, serially dated a lot of, a lot of guys there. So, uh, I remember I was doing a improv show. So shocking that I would love the stage, huh? So, he comes to the show because he lives nearby. And we have kept in contact, obviously, if he's, you know, showing up. So there were plans to meet up. 
I think we met up like once and got coffee or something, but it never got pushed past that. But I, I mean, he definitely, definitely was trying to, to meet up prior to that. But this is the first time I remember of us hanging out actually. So he shows up. I have a boyfriend. He's very flirty. Um, we talk there. And uh, again, it's that weird phenomenon that I'm sure a lot of girls know of like when you liked somebody or had a crush on somebody and then you get to the age where they won't be arrested for pursuing you when that happens and you still see them that way you know what I'm talking about like you still see them from the rose colored glasses of that young crush that's how I saw him still I saw him as that still super cool guy even though in my opinion that was not the case any longer so that's, that's where it starts. And then I end up breaking up with my boyfriend. Not for him. Not for him. Repeat that. Not for him. For other reasons. And all of a sudden, we're like, okay, well, we're going to hang out now. But, you know, he um, repeatedly would kind of make it seem like he, he couldn't date me because I'm so much younger. Like, we're just friends. We're just friends. And I was like, he's such a nice guy because he's not going to date me because I'm so much younger. Like, that's so cool. So we would hang out a lot, um, and it seemed flirty friends, whatever. And, of course, it was just the two of us, like, hanging out at his apartment, you know. And then I remember the way we kissed. We were, like, tickling each other <laughs> or something. Again, the maturity there is a bit weird. He was tickling me, and we kissed. And I remember distinctly because he said to me, Wow, you're a way better kisser than I thought you would be because you're so young. Like, vomit everywhere. Like, as an adult, that's such a gross thing to say to somebody. Like, oh, you know, you're so young. I thought you wouldn't know how to kiss. Like, if you thought I was so young that I could not kiss well, like, maybe our age difference and life experience are not a match. So, we start dating. And um, he was the type of guy that, like, he always needed the attention in the room. He was the funny guy in his friend group. He was always at this a local bar. He was the funny guy at the local bar. He knew the bartender. He knew everybody. That's how he snuck me in there because I was underage at the time. <laughs> I won't say what the bar is for, for legal reasons. Um, but th that was his whole shtick, right? Was, was being the nice guy, was being the funny guy. Um, and we're getting into someone I would label as like a nice guy narcissist who is the worst of the nice guys, in my opinion. Uh, that's my unprofessional opinion, uh, but it has been confirmed as very likely by a, a counselor by his behaviors. So a nice guy and a nice guy narcissist are different. A nice guy, in quotations, right, is manipulative in some way, right, where they're being nice. A, a nice guy narcissist is a narcissist who only cares about themselves, right? Doesn't have empathy and all those kind of things. Um, but what makes them unique is that their mask, right? So narcissists wear a mask. That's not who they really are. That's who they want to be. That's who they want to present themselves as. And then the people who are closest to them get the more abusive type of behaviors. Um, welcome to my TED Talk. <laughs> uh, but his type of mask was that he was a nice guy. 
Meaning everything he did was to prove how nice he was. Everything he did was to prove how funny he was. And then behind closed doors, he was not nice at all. Like he, he spent it making me feel totally inept, inadequate, uh, in all ways. Uh, trauma light, we're not going to get into too much of it. But that was kind of the dynamic was he would be really nice around everyone else and really awful to me. One of our biggest fights involved me not wanting to do something um of a intimate nature with him and he literally started screaming and kicked me out of his house like straight up and I remember driving away and being like oh that's done that relationship's over and uh then he just acted like nothing was wrong and it had never happened which is classic nice guy. They cannot reconcile how they treated you while still trying to be the nice guy, so they ignore it completely, or they'll make you the bad guy, right? And I remember I was just so like shocked by the whole thing. Now I would have a much different reaction. But again, that's why the age difference is so important, because we aren't at the age yet where we fully understand where our power is. Let's get to the Christmas tale. So, it is the day before Christmas Eve, and we had just exchanged gifts. It had gone really well. I remember I was so relieved how well it had gone, which again, that's a sign that something's wrong. When you're like relieved, a basic situation has gone okay. If that, if that happens, you, you may be dealing with something toxic. Like one should not be scared to do basic tasks with someone. So I remember I was like so relieved that giving gifts had not gone gone astray. And he decided he needed to take me to a party. Again, he was very into partying and very into bars. And uh, he also was very into taking me places and leaving me and walking and going and doing his own thing. Which, again, that is not a cool trait, everybody. If you are with someone that takes you to a place and then abandons you, that's not cool. Uh, we don't like that. It can also be a very narcissistic trait in the sense of like, you do not care about my feelings if you're abandoning me in places, right? So we went to a party and we're in the middle of nowhere. Like, I don't, I don't know like what farmhouse, like where we were. And I knew him, obviously, his cousin, I think was there, I'm pretty sure. And then just a girl. I can't remember if she knew one of them or whatever later. Um, she is a saving grace, which God love girls at parties or like in club bathrooms or wherever. Cause like there's so much rhetoric of like the guy is the one that saves you. I've been saved by more women in uncomfortable situations than men. Like the girl in the bathroom who makes sure you're okay, even though she doesn't know you or the girl at the bar who like gets a creeper away from you, even though she has no idea who you are, but will like fight to the death to save you. Right. Thank God for those girls. Be those girls and thank God for those girls. So it ended up being important to have this girl as a friend because much like every other time, uh, we got there and he just left me and did his own thing, okay? And this is like right before Christmas Eve. A time you would think you would want to bond with your significant other, right? No. And I, I can't say this enough. I did not know anyone. And it was a huge house party. There were, I don't even, 30, 40 people maybe more. And I'm definitely the type of person who can make a friend with anybody. Like I can talk to anybody, but it's a principle of the thing, you know? So I, for a while tried to talk to, you know, 
strangers <laughs> that I would never see again. But uh, eventually I kind of took him aside and was like, hey, it's really hurting my feelings that you just keep leaving me. Like, I, I don't know anybody here. I came with you. I'm going to spend time with you. Which I'm proud of myself now because at the time I was having clearly, you know, being with him, um, having a lot of... <laughs> hard times, articulating my boundaries, and being clear about what was hurting my feelings. So I told him how I felt, and he was like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I get it, basically. So then he says, I have to go to the bathroom. And I'm like, okay, but don't leave me, please. It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to the bathroom. I'm just going to the bathroom. So he goes to the bathroom, and I wait, and I wait, and I wait, and I'm talking like 10 minutes go by, 20 minutes go by. It's been too long. I am no longer going to wait for this man to go out of the bathroom unless he is having a serious issue in there. So I go to the bathroom and he's not in there. So I'm looking all over this house party for him and finally I hear him laugh outside. So I walk outside and there he is just like laughing it up with some guys. Important note too, it was freezing out. Like there was snow on the ground. So I go outside, I go up to him, I'm like, hey, what the heck, you know? And he's like, what was your problem? And basically I told him, you keep leaving me, you're not listening, I don't wanna do this, I wanna go home. That was the last thing I said, I wanna go home. And he, I kid you not, screamed in my face and said, full volume, then you can wait in the car. And he screamed so loud, Everybody outside turns around and is staring at us and he storms into the house and I'm standing out there like shivering and everyone's just looking at me like, oh my God. So I don't know what to do and I would normally have someone come get me. This was prior to Uber, right? So I wasn't able to Uber and I didn't know how to tell anyone where I was. I didn't know the address. I didn't, I didn't have any information to get picked up. So I go inside, I'm just, you know, trying to talk to this girl, which that girl was my saving grace. Um, I told her what was going on. She was super comforting. Now, like 30 minutes after that, he comes up and starts joking with me. This nice guy dude was gonna try to ignore the scream fest that the whole party saw. And I was like, no, no, we're not, no. You just screamed at me to go wait in the car. Do you not remember that? And at this point, he got furious. I think he really was hoping I would just be like, oh, hi, babe, which wasn't gonna happen. So he decides we're gonna leave. So we're in the car, and at this point, it was like two in the morning, three in the morning, somewhere in there. It was really early and officially Christmas Eve. So we drive home in absolute silence, which if you know me, you would know is a big deal if I don't speak in a car. So in my head, I am thinking like, he probably feels really bad. He probably doesn't know how to handle it. He's probably like formulating an apology because at this point he has to realize how bad that was, right? He's gotta realize how bad that was. And you know what? It's Christmas Eve. I was doing my best like Christmas magic, holiday girlfriend magic, where I was just gonna like let it go. Finally get back, which it was a long silent drive, a long silent night drive. And his brother at the time worked at a gas station. So we pull up and he turns the car off to get out to pump gas and then he locks the doors and then he goes inside. 
So it's freezing and he has locked me in a car in the middle of the night without saying a word, by the way. And he just goes in and talks to his brother. So I'm just sitting in a freezing cold car. Think about my life choices at this point. And I remember distinctly because the brain loves to like remember. Like sometimes I realize when things were traumatizing or upsetting by how crystal clear the memory is because our brains really love to store that stuff, right? So I was in the car and finally his brother like turns and looks through the window and like looks shocked and then does a, a like uncomfortable wave at me. And I'm like, yeah, hi, waving back. I am in the car with the car off on a snowy night by myself, you know, like super awkward. So he comes back and we get finally back to his apartment. Now his apartment, there was a back door, which we always went through. And then there was a front door and at the front was the curb where my car was. So we get there and I did not know how aggressively or angrily one could get out of a car. And he showed me, he got out so mad. He slammed the door so hard. I thought I was gonna fall off. And I'm like, whoa, because in my mind, I am the one who should be mad. And he's charging to the front of the building, which I was confused, right? Because we always went in through the back. And so I'm chasing after him. Ugh. And I'm like, hey, stop. What are you doing? And he's like, I'm getting your stuff. And my bag, which had my laptop inside of it. Important note. I'm like, what is going on? And he tears into me. Unlike anyone I've ever seen. Now, I am 5'5" and a half. Let's give me that extra half inch, okay? This dude was over six feet, and he was stockier, you know, and he was screaming so loudly and intensely at me that at one point he had me like pinned up against a car, and then he goes up to his second floor apartment, comes back down, he has all my stuff, and that backpack with my laptop in it, which he knows I have my laptop in there, he chucks on at my feet. And as I told you, he literally says, Merry Christmas. He turns around, he locks the front door. So now he has locked me out of the building and I am this little 20, 21 year old with all her stuff on the ground on Christmas Eve, potentially drunk, thank God I wasn't, and trying to pick up all my stuff and drive home at like two to three in the morning. Yeah, Merry Christmas from the nice guy. To end on a funny note, because this guy, you know, did try and get with me or wanted to get with me when I was young. There's this woman named Claire Stevens. Oh my God, I saw her TikTok and I was absolutely dying over it, okay? Because... (laughs) She was saying about Leonardo DiCaprio, you know, everyone always is like, he can't date a woman over 25. You know, it's, it's the number. And her, (laughs) sorry, her theory is not that it's the age, but rather it's that at 25, women no longer think farts are funny. And like when he was on Titanic, he would like try and like Dutch oven Kate Winslet or something. And there's a clip where Jonah Hill has a fart machine and Leonardo DiCaprio is laughing so hard he cannot do the interview. Like he is a full grown man and he cannot compose himself because a fart machine is present. And she was just joking about it. After 25, they're like, okay, enough with the farting. And I absolutely died watching that because I thought back to this guy that I've been talking about. And there was a time 
you know the age gap at this point. And I was sitting in his apartment and my phone started blowing up. And it was like, you should get that checked out. Like, ha 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 ha. That's weird or gross. And I was like, what is that? What's happening? So I go back and I realize that this grown man has gone into my phone when I wasn't looking, got into my Facebook, and put up the status, help, I can't stop farting. Which some of you may chuckle at that. But the idea of a 30-year-old, near 30-year-old man, like, hee 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 hee, I'm gonna get in her status and say I can't stop farting. And he laughed so hard, he was like red-faced rolling on the ground. And I look back on those memories and I'm like, yep, that's it. That's the reason you were going for the young ones, aside from all the other icky reasons. It's, it's the farts. <laughs> we have to laugh. I mean, I, honestly, we have to laugh at the nice guys because they, they're so absurd. They're so ridiculous. They're so, like, obtuse. They have no idea how bad they are. They have no idea what they're doing or how offensive it is. Perpetually the victim, always the farter. <laughs> So that's this. So that's my story. That's my story. <laughs> that's what I wanted to share, and I hope it made you laugh or made you roll your eyes or whatever made you feel seen in some way or another. If you have a nice guy story that is again trauma light, no crime, please send it to f the nice guy podcast at gmail.com. I love you all. I hope you have an amazing holiday season. And as always, my friends. F the nice guy.